Hey guys, it's Molly Mahoney, and I would like to welcome you to the third episode of the Prepared Performer Podcast. Hey guys, it's Molly. Before we get into the awesome content from Andrew Byrne, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about him and about how much I love him. He is my voice coach from New York City, and you may recognize his name from some of my YouTube videos, my online voice lessons, because I often give him credit for the amazing ways that he's able to connect the body to the voice and all kinds of other magic tricks that he shares and that I have then passed on to you. So today he's actually going to be sharing something that you may not have heard of from him, which is the fact that he's so awesome at helping people to find new songs and the right song for their auditions. So today he's going to help you to find your perfect audition song and how to make sure that your music is set up properly for your audition accompanist. Also, I wanted to let you know that Andrew is going to be doing a masterclass here for us on October 24th. He's actually going to be in Southern California. So if you're in Southern California, be sure to check it out, thepreparedperformer.com slash masterclass. And if you're not in Southern California, we might try and do some online auditing of the class. So check that out too, and let me know if you'd be interested in something like that. Okay, here is Mr. Andrew Byrne. Woohoo! Hey guys, it's Molly from The Prepared Performer, woo, and I've got some crazy hair going on this morning. All right, so I'm actually doing a coaching session with my voice coach, Andrew Byrne, right now, and we have decided that we're going to have him do a little webinar for us. I'm so excited. Woohoo! All right, so he is um, up in the corner. You guys can't see him yet, so I'm going to do a screen share with him, but this is how to find the perfect audition song. He's going to give us the secret sauce, so let me screen share bye here he is hold on one second Andrew share okay Yahoo. you're there you're there these are the prepared performers they are awesome Hi, prepared performers. what's going on so I'm going to talk to you today about audition uh, rep and audition books and how you put that together before I get into the nitty-gritty of this I just want to say a couple things about what an audition book should actually look like physically you want to get a heavy-duty three-ring binder one of these cheapo ones from the dollar store. You want to get ones that have actually closing rings because what happens, otherwise they get separated and you pull your page and then it flies after the book. We don't want that. So go to Staples, get a heavy duty binder. They make ones that have like rubberized edges. Those are good because they will um, not get caught in your bag when you're having them in there. The edges won't get frayed then. Uh, I'm personally a believer. Sorry. Keep, no, keep going. I'm going to go grab my charger. I just realized okay. I didn't plug my computer in. Okay. So, uh, heavy duty three ring binder. I'm personally a fan of the uh, sheet protectors, but I like them to be non glare sheet protectors. So, not ones that have um, a shiny surface on them. They need to be like, it's called matte finish, M A T T E, or non glare when you get them. I like them because they protect your music, work hard on making its cuts look right. You don't want to like, get ruined by spilling something on them or whatever. They just preserve the music nicely. But we don't want to have any glare because that will make it hard for us to actually read as an audition pianist. You want to make sure that you have a table of contents at the beginning of your book. They should be organized either alphabetically if you want, or you can do it um, by section, like classic musicals, contemporary musicals, pop comedy, whatever makes sense to your brain. But the main reason you want to have that is so you're not flipping around in an audition. You don't want to lose our attention in the room. And so if they say, do you have another song and you spend all this time flipping through it, it's just wasting uh, everyone's time. So you want to have a good organization that actually makes sense to you. 
So now we're going to talk about how you find an audition song. So I did this little anagram, the perfect audition song. Each letter stands for something. These are just seven elements that you guys should be thinking about in terms of, is this a song that's going to actually work for me in this audition? It's going to make me look good. So the P stands for playable. And by that, I mean, is this too musically hard for a pianist to actually play well for you? Are there a lot of tempo changes in the song, a lot of meter changes, a lot of key changes? If you guys don't know what those terms mean, ask Molly, she'll tell you, but she knows. <laughs> basically, we don't want things that have a lot of shifts in them because they make it hard for us in the room. We want a song that basically stays more or less in one feel as much as possible because it just makes it more easy for us as a pianist to uh, stay with it. Also, is the copy I'm using legible? Sometimes we, if you like photocopy the music, there's things that are cut off on them. And if you got it offline, sometimes the key signatures get a little funky depending on how you transposed it, if you did transpose it. So just make sure that you at least check it with Molly before you take it into the room, make sure it's not looking weird. Um, also, is all the musical information really, really clear on that? Sometimes you'll slow something down or you'll cut a bar or whatever and you've kind of crossed it out or like, done it but not really done it and we have to have it look really really clear for us because we don't remember very much as audition pianists you might tell us that oh i'm going to skip this bar we'll have forgotten by the time we get there because our brains don't really work like that in an audition so you want to make sure that it's just taken off the page if you're not going to do it just get a piece of white paper cover up the part that you're not actually going to do don't even just cross it out just get rid of it entirely so that's that's p playable e is for effective does this song actually have impact as a musical piece? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's loud. It just means that it's something that has impact as a song. Something that's very, very like this the whole time tends to not really work great in an audition because we are not gonna sort of feel a journey happening in terms of the music. So we want there to be some kind of arc to the song. It doesn't mean, again, you have to end your loudest note, but there has to be some kind of ebb and flow to it. And is there a musical climax that's well-defined? Is there a moment that we're going to be able to, as musicians here, and go, oh, okay, great, they like did that thing that needed to happen there? That should be in your cut in a way that actually makes sense. I would not say it's good to start with that moment, because we're just kind of getting used to you at that point. So don't like begin your cut at the highest <laughs> point of the song. you got to have some kind of lead into it, however you decide to do it. And the question is, am I showing vocal range with this song? It does not mean connecting a high C and saying a low E. It's not about this actual physical range of the staff. It's about range of textures in your voice, range of dynamics, range of feels in the song. It's much more than just pitch. And that's always true when you see a breakdown. They say a song shows range. They don't have a score in front of them. They don't know what actual notes you're singing. They only know if the song feels like it's actually going somewhere. So make sure that you've made some choices for some soft moments in your song. Even if it's a song that has a lot of general drag, so you still should find some place to sing more quietly. And the other part of isn't an effective song is their brain as an actor. Is it something actually going on in the way that I've crafted the song? Is the acting all one beat for myself? That's not usually good. I want to have something that allows me to make some discoveries as an actor as the song goes along as well. So that's E and that's for effective. R is for relatable. And what I mean by that is does this song make sense out of context? Is it, gonna, is it so reliant on the show's situation that when I hear it outside of that, I'm not going to actually understand what's going on? There needs to be some kind of theme that is clear in the song and that we can relate to upon first hearing if we don't know it. Even if it's a song that you think is pretty familiar, you surprised people may not know it, and so they may be confused by what you're actually talking about. So the other thing about Relatable is, does this song correlate with the kind of characters that I want to play? 
or the role that I'm going in for, if I'm going in for, for a specific show. I want to try to choose a text of a song that actually makes sense and that has something that kind of uh, jives with who I am as a person and what kind of role I want to be doing. Another thing to think about is the song like too sad or angry to actually connect with someone on a first hearing. Even if that's a song that you love to sing in your bedroom because like you feel it, doesn't mean necessarily something you should be actually doing in the additional room. For example, something like Still Hurting from last five years. It's a great song. If it's really, really right for what you're going in for, it might be the right choice. But it's a song that tends to be kind of a little bit depressing to hear. So it's something that it's going to be careful of those kind of tunes and use them strategically if you are going to use them. I wouldn't say it's usually something you should leave with in your room. Um, and the other thing about Relatable, is there an action that this character is playing? Can I say this character is doing X, Y, or Z with this song? If the answer is no, maybe a song that's kind of more a mood kind of song, not really like a strong Active. action kind of piece. And it's something that I, I think is important to think about for music. So that's our Relatable. F is for flexible, which means can I imagine playing this song from different kinds of perspectives and points of views? With audition songs, have some flexibility to them. The reason why is because the director knows the project. They may have been living with this show for six months, a year, before you actually get into the audition room for them. So they have a really well-defined idea of what they want these people to be. So let's say you come in and sing, I don't know, Fine Fine Line from Avenue Q. But they have this idea that they really want to see the character be like really energetic and strong. Is there a way to play that song in a way that does that? I would say probably there is in that case, makes it a good audition song. So you want to make sure that you're not so tied into the way that you're thinking that the song is supposed to go that you start to forget that there may be another situation that the song could actually be used in. That's a good uh, exercise to do, just if you have songs in your book already, like to just one day do all of your songs in your book, but a totally different way. Totally different you know? way. That's exactly right. So what Molly was bringing up there is really important to think about is that that usually is the difference in auditions between people who book the job and don't, is people who are flexible with their material. We will, of course, appreciate when you sing well and you sound great. Those are all things that, of course, go in a plus column. But what really makes a difference is someone who can actually roll with the punches because that's what happens in live theater, as you guys probably know. Like, you know, the set piece doesn't come out or the light doesn't turn on. It's just it's an art of kind of rolling with it. And so we want to see people be able to do that in the room. If the director gives you an adjustment, you have to be able to take it and take your song a totally different way. But you want to make sure that your song is not so stuck in one point of view that it can't go somewhere else. So it's just good to choose songs that feel like there could be a different way of actually seeing that lyric be done. Um, also, another thing is, could I imagine starting at different points in the song and having it make sense? If the song is so related to information that comes early in the song, it doesn't make any sense without that. It may not be the world's best audition song because the sense you have to be able to start later. You'll walk in and they'll say, hey, we're running late, can we just start from you know 16 bars or whatever? And if you're only prepare to do it in like this one way. It's not like the greatest. So you want to make sure that the song can actually work in some different ways. Also in terms of if flexible is, could I imagine more than one role that the song is right for? If you're only choosing something that's just for like one thing, that's okay. But in terms of your audition book, it's good to have things that could be used more than once. You put this work into it, you don't want to have it be good for only one kind of show. So just ask yourself, could I imagine like two or three shows that I could actually use the song for? So that's F, and that's for flexible. So E is for easy, and by easy, I mean easy for you, not easy as a song. So what I mean by that is, does this song show off something that I do well? There are, um, that's where, you know, someone like Molly comes in for you. She helps you figure out, like, this is what you do great. This is really something good on you. This is a, a 
good avenue for you to go down. It's why we all we all need a teacher. Everybody needs a teacher because we're not we're in ourselves. We can't always see that stuff. So our teacher helps us decide. Oh, this is something that's good for me. But we also can listen to ourselves and go, does this feel easy for me? Do I feel like I can do this? I don't think, for instance, you should do like, um, say, what do I need with love from Millie? If you're like, a G is like the highest note I can sing mm-hmm. in the world on like a perfect day it comes out. Probably not your best audition choice because it may not be the perfect day that day. It should not be on the edge of your range. It's something that's well in your range that you can comfortably, I think a good rule of thumb is to be able to sing a full step above and below whatever you're going to actually bring into the audition room. So one of your audition music to show off something that you do well, both in terms of your physical vocal range and in terms of your energy as a human. I always ask myself, do I feel like I could roll out of bed at 6 a.m. and actually sing this? <laughs> if the answer is no, find something else. <laughs> um, another really good example or thing to look at is, do I look relaxed when I sing this song? Everybody has a phone that they can videotape themselves on. Videotape yourself singing the song, and it's a great exercise to actually watch it back with the sound off and just watch your face and go, does my face look like this when I'm singing it? That's bad. That means that we are not in a place where the song is actually under our control. We're kind of straining to make it happen. So we have to have our face be able to look relaxed. I don't mean that you're not acting. You certainly should have expression in the song. But if, for instance, you see your eyebrows up the whole time like this, or you see your eyes squinch like this the whole time, those are signs of strain and stress, and you have to be aware of those and say, mm, I'm still like, struggling to actually make some of this song happen. I, my face should be able to look relaxed when I sing it. That's why we should also look relaxed when we're warming up, because sometimes people, when they're doing it vocal, like vocalizing, every high note is like, on their face yeah, too, right? Yeah. Again, I have a teacher, because we're not aware. It's not, it's not a conscious thing. But our teacher points out those subconscious things, and then we get better when we actually start to do those less. So that's E for easy for you. C is for connected. And by that I mean, is this a song that I look forward to doing? Is this a story that I look forward to telling? Do I feel emotionally connected to this spirit? In the end, that's a lot of what our art is about, is about sort of bypassing the intellectual side of, of our brains. And theater gets at something else, a different way of connecting a human and emotional story. And if you don't feel any connection to your song, even if people are like, oh my God, you sing that song so great, it sounds amazing, it probably isn't going to really have the impact. You have to investigate it to the point where you feel something when you sing it. Or if you really feel nothing and this isn't for me, find something else, because it has to be a text that you actually feel some connection to. It's a good example to also look at the text of your song without the music and say, do I feel something when I just read these words, do I feel a connection? Conversely, it's good to listen to the music without the text and go, do I feel something when I listen to the music of this? It's a great thing to have your pianist play a song out for you or listen to a karaoke track of it without any words and just hear the music and, because that is the subtext in our world. Other than like we're in a play, you create your own subtext. It's actually given to us by the music in this. So you want to make sure you're listening to that and seeing what you feel. If you don't feel anything, either work with it more as an actor or maybe try something else. And then do I understand the context of the song and the original context as well? Even if you're going to change it, it's totally a valid choice in certain cases. But you want to make sure you know what the original context was uh, for the song, how it was written. If possible, get the script and read what happens around that song. So you really have a sense of what the journey of that character is and see how that actually relates to you. The most simple question about Connected is, do I love this song? Do I, do I love it? The answer should definitely be yes if it's in your audition book. So let's see this for Connected. The T is for tailored, and by that I mean, is it 
Is your cut tailored in the way that's going to make you actually look good? Is your audition cut the right length? So you may hear like 16 bars, 32 bars. In my opinion, that's not an actual like count out 16 bars because that's not the way music is written anymore. If you guys know they fire Brown or composers like that, they don't write in four bar phrases. So it's not going to make sense to be like, you know, whatever. I could be in love with someone like stop. You know, even if that was 16 bars, we have to finish the phrase. You. Hey, I have um, a question about that actually. Cause, and I tell this story sometimes. I don't remember this person's name, which is a good thing. But there's an audition accompanist that I, I think this is before I started seeing you. It was when I first moved to New York. And I had 18 bars. And I brought my music in. And he looked at me and said, they asked for 16 bars. Uh, yeah. And I was like, Okay, then you can stop playing. Is what I wanted is like stop, and I'll keep going on my own. But how would you suggest we handle that? Great question. So <laughs> I, I I call those people the, the music Nazis, and they exist. They're people who are like so like letter of the law, <clears throat> like they this like mentality of like I've been told that, and they they are out there. So usually you can either before you go in, if you're there early, you'll hear people coming out and be like, oh my God, they were like really on me about that. And then you have to know how to adjust quickly to a literal 16 bars. I don't think that is at all the spirit of it because again, they don't have a score behind the table. They don't know right. how long it is. So they only know if it's gonna feel right. So my advice is 16 bars is 30 to 45 seconds. A minute is absolute maximum. So if, if it goes over that, it's not gonna feel like a 16 bars to us. I think at 32, the sweet spot's like a minute 15 to a minute 30. I would say two minutes is definitely maximum for that. And that's true, just like a short, full song in general. Two minutes, I would say, is really the, the maximum of that. Okay. There are always going to be people like that who are out there, but I, I really feel like those are the exception, not not the rule. And the other thing that you can do to make yourself, to make it look shorter, is put your music on two pages. So if you have a lot of cuts, do a little arts and crafts and make sure that it fits on two pages. Because so if it flips out like that, my reaction to pianist is how long can this possibly be? It's only two pages long. So I'm going to be much less likely to like physically count bars. I also don't think that a play out counts as 16 bars. So like what happened with you, like if it's 18 bars, it probably was just like a play out of the last note. Right. I don't think include that if you are counting anyway. So that, all I can say is that I don't think that that's the spirit of it at all. And just know strict 16 when you encounter those kind of people, be like, I'll just have that ready to go just yeah. in case. Um, so tailored, obviously, the right audition length. Um, I still think you should know your whole piece. I don't think you should only learn a cut if there is more to it, because you might find lyrics that you like better than somebody else's cut they made up. Those 16-bar books are good starting places that exist, but I often personally think they're the better cut of, of the song, and you might think that too if you do the whole thing. So make sure you learn the whole song. Make sure you choose the lyrics that actually feel the most actable to you, the most like, connected for you. Um, also ask yourself about the key. The key change stuff is it depends on the piece. So some songs that I feel like we do expect them to be in the original key. There's some songs where I don't think it matters at all. So that's kind of where Molly comes in. You just have to kind of ask. Like for instance, Gimme Gimme, if you bring it in, probably expect you to do that in the original key and not like, you know, belt an A at the end instead of a C. We're kind of waiting mm -hmm. for that to happen. So I would say that's the kind of thing where if you're not going to sing it in that key, I wouldn't bring it. But there's plenty of songs where it doesn't actually make any difference, especially standards, meaning like Bergfriend, Cole Porter, Urban Berlin. There can be, they've been done in every key of the rainbow. And then also pop songs. Those are places where like modulations and key changes are usually fine within reason. So make sure that you've chosen the right key in those kind of cases and make sure that you know if it's the kind of song that you should or shouldn't do that with. Um, and then, do I need to make any slight musical changes in the song to make it more comfortable? 
I don't mean stuff like changing, you know, the iconic note of the song. But sometimes it's just like one or two little adjustments that you can make that will just make things feel more comfortable. And again, that's really kind of a call with you and your teacher. But know that it's the audition is in the end there to make you look good. So if you look good, we will feel good. And if you feel comfortable, we will feel comfortable. That's what actually counts the most of all in these situations is making you look great. So if you keep that in mind as your guiding principle, I think that's always good. So just to review real quick, for convention songs, P is for playable, E is for effective, R is for relatable, F is for flexible, E is for easy for you, C is for connected, T is for Taylor. I like it. And I'll write all that up and type it up in the bottom of the video as well. Andrew, you're awesome. I love that I'm like, hey, can we schedule a time to do this? And then boom, we did it. Amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop the screen sharing. So Andrew's gonna go away. Everyone say bye to Andrew. Do you guys see all his like toys and stuff he has? I love it, like the skeleton and the balls and the craziness. <laughs> I miss you and I miss that. Okay, I'm gonna stop the screen sharing, but I think the broadcast will still be going. So hold on one second. Hello, yay, there we are with my crazy hair today. All right, um, thank you guys so much, and I'll um, also put a link to Andrew's website. He has some really great um, rep lists, yeah, is that what you call lists. them? He has some rep lists that he's put together too that you can purchase off of his site where you'll get really good suggestions for different things. They're amazing, and he has done so much, you guys. He played in the pit for Les Mis and other, like, fanciness, and he's played auditions all the time in New York, and um, he's a voice coach to a bajillion really amazing people, and I'm lucky to be one of his students. So, um, and you guys can also, if you want to, like, you know, bump it up and get hardcore, Andrew's available for Skype lessons, too. So, okay, that's all. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.